Welcome back, everybody. We are in our fifth episode of this kingdom series, and we are talking about the scriptures that talk to us about the kingdom of God. So the first episode we talked about, there is a king inside of this kingdom. I'm not it, and neither are you. On the second episode, we talked about the king requires repentance. The third episode, we talked about there are two kingdoms, and these kingdoms are clashing. And my favorite episode, the uh, number four, was the good news is about the king and his kingdom. So there's one point that I want to drive home today, and that is this, is that we carry the mission of the king and his kingdom. Now, the great temptation is to begin to uh, proclaim a different message or to carry a different mission than that of the king. And we can fall into this in many different ways, uh, pursuing wealth, uh, pursuing prosperity, pursuing uh, church growth and all of these different ideas that come with that. And we can lose sight of the mission of the king and his kingdom. Now, uh, I experienced this myself. Um You know, I got saved in my teenage years and became a licensed minister in my 20s, uh, became, you know, like a a minister inside of a church and then later on became a youth pastor inside of a couple other churches. And I could tell you from experience uh, of carrying a, a, a message and a mentality that just doesn't align with the king and his kingdom. You know, I was influenced highly by the the seeker movement. And what that is, is that uh, you uh, give a service that the world likes, uh, that is like lights and the message is, is, is smooth and short and the music is cutting edge and and rocking. And, you know, I turned uh, the youth group into what appeared to be you know, look like a basic nightclub, um, you know, had a graffiti uh, artist come in and just blast the walls and just make it look uh, just just like a club would uh, put the snack bar up. So, you know, the kids can have soda and snacks and all these different things and had lights and had the rocking music. And my misguided focus uh, in the seeker movement was this is that if I can uh, perform, if I can entertain, if I can give the most inviting environment uh, possible, that uh, we can reach people uh, with the gospel. And of course, that didn't lead to uh, a radical conversions. It didn't lead to a deeper life. It didn't lead to, um, you know, a discipleship program that were radically changing lives. It just was a uh, concert. It just was a performance. Uh, it became all about the show. Okay. And we look and we see inside of the world and we see that same system operating, you know, inside of the, uh, uh, in churches and they're propagating, uh, a performance based, uh, Christianity where you, you come, you, you know, the lights are, are there in the shows, in the drama, in the concerts and the performance and, and all this different stuff. And what begins to happen is that people come for the show and they come to be entertained and they come to be spectators 
They sit in their seat. They stand when we tell us uh, tell them to stand. They give when we tell them to give, and they sing along and clap when we tell them to clap. Uh, they even say amen on cue when we uh, when we give our sermon. Everything is uh, performance based and 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 basically a, a show. And so, uh, seeing that and understanding that and understanding that the gospel of the kingdom is something different and moving away from the performance base, putting on a show, all of that uh, kind of Christianity uh, comes inside of the real uh, gospel of the kingdom. And that's what we're going to talk about here. Luke 9 2 says this, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So we see Jesus investing uh, inside of these 12 men and teaching them. Uh, it was a, a, a relationship where he became their mentor and he was training them, equipping them. And this is the, uh, the moment where he first sent them out. So he spent this time raising them up and then he gave them a test run and kind of sent them out. And so we see this amazing style of leadership that doesn't have its context inside of the performance-based uh, Christianity that we have today. Now, it's not to say that, uh, you know, our performance uh, as far as like music and stuff is inherently evil. It's just not uh, not something that we see inside of the Gospels or something that is required. We, you know, we don't see a band following Jesus everywhere he went. We don't see the band following them uh, into the villages to preach the, the kingdom of God. And, and we just don't see a lot of that stuff. And so the order of importance is, is, is it's not really that important, even though we've pr uh, placed the high priority uh, on those things. So he sent them to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. Now, listen to this as, as, as God is saying it to you. Uh, inject your name in there. I'm going to put mine. Tim, I sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And this authority that he uh, has, you know, Jesus, if you want to hear about uh, the authority, go back to the last episode and what he did to the power of evil and the victory that he won and that all authority is given to him. And he gave them authority and power and he sent them out. And what uh, I want you to grab hold of is that this same reality is true for us also. This is the same uh, thing that we are engaged in. So now let's look at these different translations and see if we can grab a hold of what's being said here. The N, uh, the N uh, New Living Translation says this. He sent them out to tell everyone. Uh, the GWT version says he sent them to spread the message about the kingdom of God and to cure the sick. And the LSV translation said he sent them to heal the ailing. So let's break down these words. What does it mean uh, to be sent? 
Now, when we think about this in um, hierarchy terms, we get this concept and idea that somebody is dispatched um, by means of communication. So I think about this in a couple different ways. Um, You know, a general giving orders and dispatching troops to a certain location uh, that has in play there. And then a dispatcher for the the police, you know, in case of emergency, they they uh, give people uh, directions and notify them of an emergency and they go. So either way you want to think about this is that the person is chosen and is directed to go to the scene of the crime, to the scene of the accident, to the scene of the war, whatever it is, they are chosen and directed to. Um, to go to that place and location. And so what that means in the kingdom mindset is this, as we already know, there is a king and it is his kingdom. And we are citizens inside of that kingdom that he has orders. He has objectives and he has a mission that he wants to accomplish. And the best way for us to begin to understand and to look at that is to begin to look at the life, the words, and the example of Christ and see that mission that's embodied in human form and begin to allow that mission to consume our own hearts, that we see it, that we partake of it, that we believe in it, and that we begin to manifest that same mission. Going into... um, the uh, sending out for the gospel of the kingdom and sent to heal. I find this to be the primary objective and to heal is to make well again. And it means to restore. And that means to, uh, to bring health in healing, to bring recovery, to bring uh, a sense of relief from a, a disease and have it switched the other way. Okay. And so seeing that is like the gospel of the kingdom is the message about healing, the healing of our relationship between God, the healing of the effects of sin within our own heart, the healing of, of, uh, traumatic and past experiences and letting go of unforgiveness and hurt. All of these things are wrapped up inside of the gospel of the kingdom and being sent as an agent of healing inside of this world. Another word to describe this healing is wholeness. And that uh, has with it the idea of being uh, a sense of completeness, uh, mentally and emotionally sound. And when you think about this uh, of wholeness, it means that everything has its uh, proper uh, parts and components. You know, if, uh, if something is whole and complete, then it's not missing any, any parts. And what that means in reality, if you picture a pie chart and you picture, let's just say four quadrants inside of that pie chart. And in reality, you know, people who are in darkness and who are not spiritually alive, um, they're, they're a part of their component is not activated. And that's what happens when we get to have an encounter with God and we, we come to him and we turn to him. There's a spiritual component that is ignited inside of our life. And there is an area in our life that becomes, um, ignited. Okay. Uh, that is to say that, uh, you know, people may be, 
you know, 50% activated, they may be 75% activated, they may be 100% activated. And what that means is that there's a lot of people who not are spiritual who are not spiritually alive and that is that they don't have the the proper components for the abundant life right and so the gospel and the message of the kingdom is to ignite the spiritual part of their life so they can become alive and so they can be come active and so they can experience true wholeness there is no such thing as wholeness without becoming spiritually alive. You know, you have people who have an amazing business and they, they make good money and that their body is in a pretty decent shape and they're able to do uh, quite a bit of things. Right. And even their marriage is, is pretty good as far as, uh, you know, uh, sex and intimacy and all those things, you know, it's the, the, the three areas of their life can be pretty good. Even in that state where those things are okay and they're they're pretty good, there's still a gnawing sense of purposelessness. There's still a gnawing sense of unfulfillment because the spirituality and the spiritual side has not been activated. They haven't been born from above. They haven't become spiritually alive. And therefore, it, there's still this sense of... Uh, uh, nagging and unfulfillment and emptiness in their soul because they are not rocking on four cylinders. Okay. They're they're uh, as my uh, auntie used to say, uh, um, you know, they're a couple cans short of a six pack. And what that means is that they're, you know, one can short, you know, uh, that not all the way complete and not all the way whole. So the message of the kingdom brings us into wholeness so we can have all the proper components rocking together. OK, of our life. And that is a. Uh, that is an awesome reality of what uh, what the gospel of the kingdom is. So uh, passages that support this Luke 418 says this. This is probably me, uh, my uh, favorite scripture in the world. It's just so clarifying and so powerful. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Man, that is just the awesome, awesome reality of the kingdom. What I believe about this is this uh, fully, fully tells us exactly what the mission is of the king is and not only the mission of the king but the mission that's uh, uh inside of the kingdom so he sent them he dispatched them by ways of communication and that communication was the gospel of the kingdom to bring healing that means to restore them to cure them and to make them whole to bring them to the point where they had all the proper components and basically what is being said is that you spend time seeing me you spend time with the king. You've seen me uh, uh, in what I'm all about. And now I'm going to confer upon you and allow you to participate inside of that mission. So what is the mission? First of all, it's to proclaim the good message, the good news uh, that the kingdom is here and that the king is reigning and that his kingdom is now invading earth uh, through his people. 
And of course, lastly, that uh, uh, the king of peace, the lion of the tribe of Judah will reign upon this earth and we will reign with him. That is the good news. Not only is that the good news, but the gospel that brings wholeness, the gospel that brings wholeness to the poor. Okay, now when you think of poor, you have to think in the terms of uh, somebody who's lacking and somebody who's deficient. And in our self-sufficient culture, we like to think that we are self-sufficient and that, that we have everything that we need. And often this comes from the uh, culture of wealth and prosperity. Uh, things are going well inside of business. Things are okay in general with the family. Everything's just kind of okay. And it brings to the state that Jesus talked about that you don't know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Okay. This is a, a concept of being so comfortable uh, inside of what you have that you don't see the deficiency that's going on inside of your soul. And this is why Jesus said that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because he doesn't see his lacking and he doesn't see where he's deficient. So the good message of the kingdom and bringing wholeness comes to those who recognize that they are lacking and they're deficient. They see their need. Now, there's nothing worse than, than somebody who can't uh, see their own deficiency. You know, if you've given a evaluation report inside of business and you've done a, a yearly eval and stuff and you give const uh, constructive ways to improve upon performance and stuff and that person just refuses to recognize their weakness or deficiency and they get uh, some sort of attitude um, because they weren't uh, praised for all of their wonderful attributes or whatever it is right what it all comes down to is a heart that is unwilling to look at uh, lack and deficiency and so this message of wholeness and completeness comes to those who feel lack and to those who feel deficient and that gospel of the kingdom comes to them. Now, when you think about somebody who doesn't see their lack or doesn't see deficiency in any way, there is a mindset of self-sufficiency and self-madeness that, um, that makes it really, really hard to recognize any form of need that they have in their life uh, because they're comfortable and they're well taken care of. This kind of person, it's going to be very hard, not impossible, Jesus says, but it's going to be very hard uh, for them to enter in this kingdom that he's talking about because uh, they would never see their need for it. So this message comes to the poor. The message of wellness comes to those who are deficient. That is the gospel of the kingdom. The next one Jesus manifested was to heal the broken hearted, right? To restore to health, to cure those who have a shattered heart. Now, the first time, you know, it talks about uh, um, the heart of man. It's in Genesis there and it's before the flood and it's uh written that the 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 heart of man is um is a uh, uh wicked and all the thoughts and imagination of his heart are evil continually 
And so inside of just basic humanity, as far as the, the nature of fear and the nature that we are uh, engaged in and partake in uh, as from Adam and as from humanity, it's uh, naturally broken in the sense. So we come into this wor world with our first emotion, fear, and we come into this world of fear uh, that it, 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 in a broken world and broken systems and broken people. So not only are we uh, broken in the sense by nature, naturally fearful, but then these people who are um, governed by fear also and these systems uh, and everything in the world, um, then they begin to implant in us their ideas and their even some of their trauma and some of their brokenness. So. Um, by nature and by nurture, we are, um, made and, uh, uh, to be, it, it's broken. The whole thing's broken. Okay. That means that, um, we've been damaged and we've been altered and we are not, uh, uh, working properly. Uh, we're not up to par. We're weak. We're infirmed. And uh, ultimately, it's a heart that's disconnected uh, from, from God and from the source, right? And so the gospel of the kingdom uh, proclaims this healing to the broken heart. So not only is it the gospel to the poor, but it's a gospel that transforms the heart. Where God says, behold, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you. And this transformation of our heart uh, brings us into now working properly. And it works properly because it's now connected to the king. It's now connected to source. It's now connected to light and it's connected to life. And so the heart begins to beat again for the king and his kingdom. Number three thing that Jesus began to do is freedom and forgiveness to the prisoners and liberty to those who are captivated. Now, a prison, people are put in prison because they are deprived of liberty, right? And they are involuntary put there. Now, for the most part, I think there might be some crazy people just put me in prison, like, you know, sort of thing. But for the most part, they are put there uh, in some sort of cage, restraint, uh, block walls. Um, they're put into uh, this confinement and they're put into this involuntarily. I want you to grab a hold of that, that we are born into this world of fear and we're shaped by this world of fear. And we were put into this uh, deprived of our actual liberty and our freedom. And we were put into this situation involuntary. Okay. And that we are captive, uh, captivated uh, by multiple, multiple different things. And so the gospel of the kingdom proclaims freedom to those who are captivated and that is the liberation from slavery. That is the liberation from the power of another. And that power of another is uh, Satan and his evil influences. That we are liberated from the power of another. And this can happen uh, in multiple different ways where we can become uh, in servitude and in bondage to a certain thing. We could be a slave to our business and a slave to making money. 
we can become a slave to our family that we won't we don't want to disappoint our parents expectations of us so we're constantly uh living uh to please them it can become uh, uh captivated by by beauty and by lust and we're consumed by pornography and sexual conquest and all these other things we can come uh become captivated by pride and um and knowledge and be on a quest for for knowledge and fulfillment in that matter and we we find our sufficiency and our fulfillment inside of our much learning okay you can see how we can become captivated and wrapped up in a lot of different things and the gospel of the kingdom comes and it frees us and it declares us free and it, it, it frees us from everything that captivates us so we can become captivated by the king the next thing Jesus talks about is the restoring of the sight. Now, everywhere uh, he went, he brought healing. And some of this uh, uh, healing was blind people who were uh, physically. I do want to touch on the mentally and the spiritually uh, aspect here because it is the the most important thing that the God of this world has blinded the minds and that he has come for the restoration of sight. And that is that he has come to bring clarity. He's come to bring vision. He's coming to bring uh, spiritual perception so we can begin to see. Now this concept of vision is, 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 is having a uh, God's eye inside of you. So you can begin to see what he sees. And this brings us into a massive, massive state of clarity. What is the opposite of clarity? To me, the opposite of clarity is confusion. It is wandering. It is aimlessness. It is groping around in the dark. It's not having uh, any form of, uh, of vision. Okay. So the gospel of the kingdom restores the king and it restores the kingdom message and it begins to get inside of us and we begin to open our eyes and we begin to see and uh his perception his clarity what he sees becomes real for us also the next one jesus talked about was freedom and release those who are wounded and this uh, uh part is very near and dear to my heart and that is you know we can become traumatized we can become victimized uh, by certain situations that happen inside of our life uh, we can grow up in a very crazy environment where where we saw a lot of violence and we saw a lot of pain i personally seen all that uh, prostitution pain drugs you know this whole uh, terrible terrible environment and we could become wounded and that is basically we are we are damaged and that is our mental and our emotional state has been affected by these situations that have happened inside of our life and i know me personally I, i've experienced a couple situations that um that uh, uh stuck with me and uh, you know i would i would uh, dare to say that they might still be with me a little bit but they were so traumatic that um uh, you know 
I relived them multiple times inside of dreams. I've uh, felt the effects of them while awake. Uh, I felt uh, 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 a panic and a, and a sense of paranoia while awake and all these different things that that could happen uh, to people that have, have experienced these things. And it's the, the effects of the trauma. It's the effects of being wounded. And so the gospel of the kingdom comes with this, uh, this release. And that is as we get to uh, be consumed uh, with him and obsessed with the king. And the king begins to uh, speak to our mind and our emotions and, alter the, and, and begins to communicate who we are as his son and as his child. And that we have the power of the kingdom at our disposal. And we have the spirit of the king operating inside of our hearts and and during uh, times of um, trauma, reliving or whatever, we, he, he can bring us into a state of peace and to a place of safety. And this is the gospel of the kingdom that brings release to those who are wounded. So what does this say about God? To me, when I see the mission of Christ, I see what's important to him. And I see that what uh, God want to, wanted to accomplish inside of human form. And I see the mission of the kingdom embodied in action. And I see it embodied in conduct. I see it embodied in words. And the very nature of the gospel of the kingdom was in human form. And it was upon this earth. And so we see that. So what does this mean for us? What this means is we experience the reality of this kingdom. And that is that the, we begin to see and recognize our own deficiency. And we understand that uh, we are lacking and that we begin to look to God to fulfill that need and to fulfill that lack. And he comes in and that's the gospel to those who are poor and deficient. And then we begin to allow him to heal our shattered heart, right? And he doesn't just like patch it up and sew it together and all these different things. He takes the heart of stone out and he gives us a heart of flesh. And that that which was what wasn't working properly, it wasn't energized and it wasn't connected. It begins to get connected and this happens inside of us. And then he comes in and he, he, he comes with his liberating power and, and begins to touch the areas where we are captivated, where we're captivated by lust, by pleasure, by money. And he begins to touch those areas and he brings us the message. You are free. I liberate you from that which captivates you. And so we begin to experience the reality of that. We begin to say, you know what? I am free. Begins to touch our eyes so we can begin to see. And he gives us a spiritual clarity and perception. We begin to see inside of his heart and see inside of his mind. And then we begin to get massive, massive clarity about him, about his kingdom and what that means for our life. And then we allow the power of God to begin to touch the areas where we are wounded, where we are broken, where we have accepted false belief systems because of trauma and terrible experiences. 
And we begin to let him touch those areas and he begins to heal them. And we become mentally and emotionally sound. We experience the reality of all of these things because this is the power of the kingdom. Then once I begin to allow all of these different things, the the message to sink in and everything that he wants to do in me, then I become an instrument for that same purpose. And that is he didn't send them out to to preach uh, something about their own little kingdoms. He didn't send them out to talk about wealth and prosperity. He didn't send them out to do all these different things that people think that they're sent out to do. He sent them out to be ambassadors and instruments for healing. And this is the message of the kingdom. And there's people that are are sent uh, to, to do all kinds of things, but they don't see the mission of the king and they don't see the mission that happens inside of the kingdom becoming an instrument for healing. And this ultimately comes to the point where we begin to care about what God cares about and that we begin to get consumed with by what is consuming him. And that is taking on the identity of a son of God and saying, you know what? I am sent to bring healing to this world. You know, in uh, side of therapy, inside of the medical community and stuff, the basic core value is to do no harm. And what they're basically saying is that their mission is to bring healing and to do no harm. And what I feel like would be a good motto uh, for the kingdom and for those who are, who are taking the message seriously and those who believe that they are sinned would take on this concept of idea that I am not going to do any harm to the people and citizens in the kingdom. That means that I'm not going to use fear to inspire and to motivate I'm not going to be selfishly pursuing my own agenda and use those people as little pawns to build my kingdom and that I'm not going to use their resources as commodity to build my kingdom and that I'm not going to speak words of criticism and judgment and things that tear them down. None of those things are allowed inside of the kingdom if you take on the identity of a healer. You've come to build them up and not to tear them down. Lastly, what what misconceptions does this clear up? The biggest one to me is the anointing. And that is many people think the, the anointing is for multiple different things. And what it all boils down to is that, you know, if somebody has enough charisma or charm when they speak, that um, that is the anointing or the performance on a stage in front of all these people uh, manifesting, um, you know, miracles in the sense of of not really being miracles. It's just putting on a show and doing all of these things. So the misconception is this, is that the anointing empowers us. To get all of those things that I talked about, the healing, the heart, 
uh, the mission, the clarity, and the uh, freedom from what's captivating you, and the emotional and uh, healing of past wounds and trauma and all those things that it happens inside of us. The anointing comes in to accomplish that inside of our lives. And to that degree, the, uh, the anointing begins to work in our life and bring the same healing to others. And the greatest misconception is people that haven't experienced this or out there uh, talking about this. And they actually need to uh, sit down and, and have a real experience with the, the gospel of the kingdom and allow that to permeate their being so they can begin to deal with their stuff. Right. So they won't uh, be taking people's money and they won't be on this ego trip that there's some superstar and all these different things that uh, they will begin to uh, bring the healing uh, that actually needs to happen. So the anointing misconception is that this happens uh, first in us. And then we take it to the world. It's not about showmanship and being on a stage and performance and all of those little things. What I often wonder is these same people that are consumed on the stage, if they would, um, you know, say the same thing to their friend uh, next door, their neighbor, if they would bring the message of healing and restoration to them. Uh, just out of no, uh, natural relationship and communication. And I fear that they wouldn't. And the reason why they wouldn't is because there's no offering attached to it and there's no camera, there's no stage, there's no multitude uh, thing, uh, seeking how great you are and all of those different things. And, and, and it's a sad state of affairs and, uh, you know, it's very mm, not good. And lastly, the misconception this bust is what Jesus Christ was all about. And that is this message, uh, this message of healing and restoration and, and restoring and all of these different things. That is the healing. That's what he was all about. And so anything that doesn't line up uh, to those things, um, I wouldn't uh, put much confidence or weight inside of those things. All right, brothers. I'll talk to you later. Peace.